This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride. That's right, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday Steelers fix. Sometimes I feel like we're all junkies, that we're all just addicts, and all we need is just the latest fix. And at Behind the Steel Curtain, I guess we kind of we kind of use these addicts, but we're addicts ourselves. I trust me after last Sunday's game against the Bengals 41 to 10 if if we were able to just quit it we'd probably already been we've already would have quit it a while ago some of us would have quit it after the 2017 playoff loss to the Jaguars and if that didn't do the trick the 2020 playoff loss to the Browns but no we are freaking addicted and here we are for another episode of Let's Ride to get your Steelers fix every Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning. That's my job. My job is to deliver the goods. Deliver the goods. And it's tough. These are tough times. These are really tough times for Steelers fans. And it feels like that uh, the, the overall overarching thought process feeling of the fan base right now feels exactly like it did after the playoff loss last playoffs against the Browns except the loss that we all saw on Sunday at Paul Brown Stadium was not a season-ending loss the Steelers still have six more games six more games of this can you believe it (laughs) it's tough to believe but we are going to be with you every step of the way the good the bad the ugly the indifferent everything Behind the Steel Curtain has your back, and that's why you should be checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. In our podcast platform, if you stumbled upon this podcast in an article on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, which we affectionately call BTSE, okay, great. You're looking at the megaphone player on your screen. You're thinking, okay, I'm listening to this. It's pretty good stuff. What do I find more? Let me tell you, anywhere where you get your podcasts, I don't care if it's iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora, Spotify, you name it, where there's podcasts, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, and you'll find us. And then you do whatever you have to do at that particular platform so that you get all of our podcasts. Subscribe, follow, whatever. And that's not just my Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Let's Ride. That's the Stack Geek with Dave Schofield every Thursday. That's every Tuesday you have the live mic, the noon lineup, which I love the noon lineup. It is new, not noon. It is noon, but it's not It's not really new anymore. It started at the beginning of the season. And we've got the cutting room floor with Jeffrey Benedict. We have the war room with Matty Peverell. What Yin's talking about? We have the fantasy football fix. It's all great stuff. Check it out. And then also we have our PM content, shows like the Steelers Preview, Know Your Enemy, the Scobro Show, The Hangover, uh, Friday night with Tony, uh, the touchdown under all those guys, the post game show. It's all right there. It's all right there. And that's not to mention breaking news. So when TJ Watt 
winds up on the COVID list again, not again, another stealer again on the list, you have that right there in your pocket or in your car. I've come to the realization that Steeler fans especially, they don't always have time to read an article, but they might have time to listen. And we have been breaking records every single month. We're getting ready to shatter our record again for most downloads in a month. And I want to thank you all for that. But that's not what we're here to talk about today on this Wednesday hump day. That's right. It is Wednesday. We're going to talk about we're going to talk about practice. Yes. We're going to talk about practice. Yes, really. Really? Practice? Really? Yes. And yes, I do have to play that clip. Sum it up. When you just talk about practice. We sitting here, I supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. I mean, listen, we talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Not a game. Not a, not not the game that I go out there and, and die for and play every game like it's my last. Not the game. We talking about practice, man. Talking about practice. Allen Iverson, that legendary rant. It's one of my favorites. I am kind of like a rant aficionado. I love rants. I love Everything about him. I love the Oklahoma State. I'm a man. I'm 40. Come after me. I'm a man. Like, those were great. And that's one of my favorites. The Allen Iverson rant is tremendous. There's one thing, though. You know, we're talking about practice. And it's gonna we're going to connect the dots here after this. Uh, you know, when we talk about the players and the reaction after the loss to the Bengals in Week 12. There's one thing that Allen Iverson said in that rant that was different than any Steelers player right now. Maybe except for a a handful could probably count them on one hand. He said, we're not talking about the game, the game that I love, the game that I go out there and kill myself for that. I play every game. Like it's my last. That's what Allen Iverson just said. Rewind it. Go listen to it again. How many Steelers out there on Sunday? Did you feel were actually living up to that? That they play every game like it's their last, like they kill themselves for that game. Let's see here. Let's go through this. In my opinion, Cam Hayward tops the list. For sure, tops the list. I, I want to say Ben. Ben just has a weird demeanor about him. He doesn't make people sometimes don't feel like he cares, but I think he does. And I do think he leaves it all out there. TJ Watt for sure does. I think Najee Harris does. Now, this isn't just the fact that they might not be succeeding. So Najee Harris did not have a great game. The offensive line couldn't do jack squat for him on Sunday. This, the Steelers couldn't do jack squat in general on Sunday. But you get, he's living it. He's breathing it. Like This is his life. Some of these players are out, out there look like they're collecting game checks. Looks like they're just out there just going through the motions. It's not what Allen Iverson was talking about. But we're talking about practice. We're talking about practice? Come on, man. We're talking about practice. Not, not a game. Practice. That's right. Practice. Because that's what everyone's talking about right now. Everyone is wanting to point a finger. Everyone wants to say, this is why this is happening. And so the media is asking a ton of questions to these players, whether it was right after the game, talking to Ben Roethlisberger, talking to Trey Turner, talking to Cam Hayward. And they all said, what could you do different? What could you do different? And the players are doing their best to try and answer these questions. Some are doing it better than others. We'll put it that way. Uh, And you have someone like Cam Hayward who said, you can point the finger at me. I'm not doing my job as a leader. 
I'm not doing my job as a defender. I'm not getting off blocks. We're not getting off blocks. And he's given examples. And Ben says, you know, we just got to look at the tape. We got to see how we're doing. Yada, yada, yada. Then you have players like Minka Fitzpatrick. And this was Monday. Monday, Minka gets interviewed. And this is different. It's not immediately knee-jerk reaction type stuff after a game. He had time to dissect it. He had time to absorb it. And he even said that he went home after the game late Sunday night and watched the tape again. You don't do that if you don't care, by the way. If you're questioning whether Minka Fitzpatrick cares, don't, because he does. He went home right away and watched the game film. Do you think anyone would want to watch a 41-10 to thrashing again? No. On your own? Definitely not, but he did. And so here you have a situation. Minka says, maybe there's some things during the week that we could do a little bit better. Yeah, probably. Probably. Now, do I think that that's going to be like the be-all, end-all? Probably not. They're asking him, what can they do different? You can't say nothing. You can't say nothing. If you say, I think we're fine. I think we just need to stick with what we're doing, do it better. People would look at you and say, are you clueless? You all just got your butts whooped in Cincinnati. They just beat you two times this season. They beat you the last three times you played. And you're going to say you had enough, and they have to say something. And so then they get Chase Claypool up there. And boy, Chase Claypool, this kid, and I say kid on purpose because he is still a young man, and he's still learning. And he has not had a mentor in that locker room like Antonio Brown had with Heinz Ward and with so many others had as they came into the Steelers. He has not had that mentor to kind of show him the ropes. Again, you cannot, as an athlete, unless you want to have polit- like public scrutiny on you, say that you don't have to do anything different. So Chase Claypool is being honest, and he's asked, what do you think this team can do better? Chase, like, what do you think this team could do to change the outcome the next time you play, which is week 13, when the Baltimore Ravens come to Heinz Field, 425 kick? And he's honest. I, I gotta feel I feel bad for him because he's being honest. And he says, you know, I think about the pregame and the music's blaring at Heinz Field and we're into it and we're moving around and we're you know, we're feeling good about ourselves. Maybe we should play music at practice. And immediately when he says we wanna maybe we should play music at practice, you're just thinking, and I maybe 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 you aren't, but I was. I cringed. I thought to myself, oh my gosh, did he really just suggest that the one thing that's going to make a difference with this team that is reeling, that has lost two games in a row, that hasn't won a game since before we since week nine, Monday night against Chicago, because they tied the Detroit Lions in week 10, that the, the one thing they can do is to play music at practice? What? world are you living in again I feel bad for Chase Claypool I do because he answered it honestly he probably didn't think that they were going to have this type of reaction but I'm going to tell you from a fan's perspective I thought to myself you know what if I was Mike Tomlin if I was Mike Tomlin which by the way Mike Tomlin did address this in his Tuesday press conference he was asked about what he thought of playing music at practice. He basically said, basically said, this is the last question he fielded from Mark Caballi of The Athletic. He said, well, I'll tell you what. Why don't we keep the division of labor the way that it is? Chase Claypool can show up and practice and I'll organize the practice plans. In other words, saying, 
thanks, but no thanks. But if I was Mike Tomlin, I would roll into practice and I'd say, all right, boys, hey, you want a music? I got some music for you, Chase. Why don't you lead those? Why don't you lead the team out on the field, Chase? Here we go. Let's play. Hey, cue that music, will you please? Clown music. Because they look like freaking clowns on Sunday and they sound like clowns at the same time. It is unbelievable to me that Chase Claypool could be that thick in the skull that he would sit there and say, even if I feel bad because he answered it honestly, well, I think if we could do one thing better, it would definitely be to put music on a practice. And Cam Hayward himself went on WDVE 102.5 in Pittsburgh, and he said on the area as a weekly spot with them that when he heard that, he said, I hope he's joking. And then he said, because if he's not, I felt like I was going to rip my speakers right out of the car. He said, there's not going to be music played. And it, it's like, I, oh my goodness, what in, what world are we living in? This is one of those situations where you say, look, we need to get back to basics. We need to get back to basics. We need to get back to communication, tackling, understanding the scheme, understanding our responsibilities, doing the little things well. That's what this team needs to do. And it just goes to show you. And this is something that we had a conversation on our Slack channel. It was it was a really good one today. It really was. And it's a, it is honestly a topic that I want to save for the offseason because I feel like it is a full podcast worth of talking points. And it's about leadership with this Steelers team and how since you lose players like Villanueva and DeCastro and, and Pouncey and some of the other players that are now gone – on the offensive side of the ball, who's leading that unit? Who's leading that group? It's not Ben. It's never been Ben. Ben will say all that stuff, and he'll the cameras are rolling, and so he gets in the middle of the huddle and says, we're a band of brothers, and I'm sure he means it, but no one's following you. Everyone knows those, everyone knows those leaders that they're like, come on, guys, let's go, let's do it, huh? and they run into battle, and everyone's behind them like, uh, you know, Nope, not doing that. And then there's the people that say, "Let's, hey, we got to get this job done. We got to get it done. Let's do it. Let's do it together as a group. Let's go. And they go running in, and every single person's behind them. They've got their back. They've got each other's back. The Steelers don't have that leader on this offense. And so here we are talking about practice. I'm talking about practice? Really? Practice? That's what we're talking about. We're talking about practice. We're hearing uh, former players like Rocky Blyer and Ryan Clark just ripping this team to shreds. If there's an ounce of integrity in these players' bodies, they will understand that they don't need motivation. They don't need Cam Hayward standing up and giving a rah-rah speech. They don't need a players-only meeting. They don't need music at practice. What they need is is just a will and determination to give it everything you've got, every single snap, every single play, and live up to that standard that Troy Polamalu spoke about when he was accepted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. His his speech was exceptional. And when he talked about what it meant to be a Steeler. If I'm Mike Tomlin, if I'm doing anything, we have a team meeting, I'm pushing play on that, I I want you all to listen to it. I said it after that speech was done that Mike Tomlin should show this to the team. And if he didn't, do it now. 
Do it now. You don't need to bring a player back. Nope. You just need to show that speech. And then ask each player in the room to look at each other and to look within themselves and say, am I living up to that? That's all you got to do. That's a good starting point. It's a good starting point. We're talking about practice, music. Jeez, freaking clown show. All right, anyways, uh, we're hey, it's Wednesday. It's mailbag time. My Ride or Die crew did not disappoint. I'm going to be back right after this break to answer your questions in the mailbag segment. Be right back. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride, your Wednesday show. That's right, it's Wednesday. That means if you are on Twitter, if you follow me on Twitter, at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T, you saw the tweet. You saw the Shooter McGavin gif. It's one of my favorites. He does that little shoulder thrust at the end. He makes that big putt, throws his putter, pumping the fingers, shooter, and then he bang, the shoulder thrust. You got to check it out. It's the best. Shooter's the best. And so I asked for questions, and you all did not disappoint. And so we're going to go through every single one of these. I'm recording this a little bit earlier, so I really apologize. Normally, I retweet these around dinner time, and I record later. I've got a family obligation, so I'm not going to be able to record really late tonight. So recording a little bit earlier, not as many questions, but that's okay. We have plenty. Trust me. All right, Jeremy Betts, the host of the Fantasy Football Fix for right here behind the steel curtain. I hope you check out that podcast. I enjoy it. He's won me some money, actually, because I take his tips and I use them for daily fantasy football and Fandle. I've won my league, uh, it's here, I think, three out of the last five weeks. I've been in the money, so thank you, Jeremy. His question, what's your Steelers game day go-to food or snack? I always go for good old burgers and fries myself. Hashtag ride or die crew. Okay, Jeremy. Uh, to be honest, if it's a 1 o'clock game, I typically don't eat. Um, I, I have a lot of stuff to do. Um, and I will just get something like really, maybe I'll make a shake for myself. Um, I've just got a lot of stuff going on. And so I don't normally eat if it's a 425 game, I'm not eating until afterwards or at halftime. If it's a night game, I'll eat dinner with the family. Uh, nothing crazy. I don't really do parties anymore. Uh, I will say that back when, before I even thought about writing about the team or podcasting about the team, um, my brother, who lived a lot closer to me at the time, we would watch every game together. His wife, my wife, we'd all get together. And we would always have themed meals. And it was really funny. So uh, let's say the Steelers played the Patriots. We would make uh, nachos, nachos grande. But it was Tom Brady sucks nachos grande. Um, and then we would have uh, meatballs. And it would be like uh, Cleveland sucks meatballs. I, it's, we had all these cool names like crab soup or the Ravens got crabs, Maryland crab soup. It was it was fun. We enjoyed it. That was a long time ago. Good question, though. MDibs24 asks, people keep asking for the Steelers to draft linemen in the first two rounds in the 2020 draft, 2022 draft. My question is, didn't we already try this strategy and end up with the likes of Mike Adams and such? They did. The Steelers have had many draft picks that have not really panned out for linemen that have drafted, that were drafted early. With that said, there's also been some very successful linemen drafted early. I think about just most recently, you think about Marquise Pouncey was a first-round pick. David DeCastro was a first-round pick. Uh, Marcus Gilbert was a second-round pick. And yeah, he didn't finish his career in Pittsburgh, was a very good tackle for them for a very long time. 
Uh, and they did get lucky with players like Ramon Foster, who was undrafted. Villanueva obviously coming back from his stint uh, with the military, and he was the left tackle for a long time. And yeah, they did have Mike Adams, but I'm not about to say that the Steelers are not able to draft quality linemen early on. Not after that repertoire that I just mentioned. All right, uh, <laughs> is he? This guy uh, constantly changes his handle. Now it's, it used to be believers, and then it was kind of believing, barely believing. Now it's stop believing. Parentheses. Journey's gonna get mad. Um, talking about the band journey. Don't stop believing. He has two questions. Cheating. He's at number one. Is now finally the time to scrap the Pouncy replacement project? I've been begging for weeks. At this point, why would you stop it now? That's an honest answer to your question. Why would you stop it now? Why would you say that even with this team in a downward spiral, what are you going to do? Who are you going to put in there? B.J. Finney? Really? I'd rather Kendrick Green get experience than put B.J. Finney in. J.C. Hasnauer's on IR. Not an option anymore. Look, Kendrick Green's the center for the rest of the season, barring injury. So buckle up. Might not like it, but I'd rather him get experience and let them get more tape of him to see, is this kid going to be even a potential guard or center for us in the future? I'd rather that than the alternative. Number two, do we expect some major shakeups midseason, or are we just expecting to ride out the season and implode everything in the offseason? Parentheses, he writes, Tomlin is safe. Hashtag ride or die crew. I do think Tomlin is safe. Agree with you there. The shakeups you might see midseason are not going to be earth-shattering shakeups. You might see Zach Banner in at right tackle and Shukes at left. You might see um, Buddy Johnson get a helmet and maybe see a couple snaps in sub-package football. Um, you might see Carlos Davis come off of the injured reserve and get a helmet and play some on the defensive line. Again, these are not crazy shakeups. But you might see some of those changes, so keep that in mind. All right, next question. MDibs24 asks another one. Who is the biggest draft bust that you could remember thinking was the answer to a problem and truly let you down? For me, I thought that the uh, Jarvis Jones pick was the biggest bust that I thought was the answer. And when you think about his Twitter handle was Sackman Jones, Sackman Jones. Everyone had these high hopes for Jarvis Jones, you know, and Georgia product, SEC coming in, really helping the Steelers at pass rush, and just nope. (laughs) It just didn't work out. It didn't work out. That was probably the biggest draft bust that, and to answer your question, that I thought was the answer to a problem that truly let me down. That's it. David asked, with the Steelers most likely not being favored for the majority of the games left, Will you pick against them for the first time this year or at some point, not necessarily this week? This is tough for me. I'm going to be honest. So when you have an optimistic brain like me, you will always be able to talk yourself into finding a way to believe that the Steelers will win the game. Let me explain. So the Steelers going up against the Ravens this Sunday at home. I think the last line I saw was that the Steelers were favored, or I'm sorry, were getting three points at home. So essentially a six-point underdog considering typically Vegas gives the home team three points so a six-point dog at home I'm thinking to myself wow okay the Steelers they can't be that bad this is my thought process mind you they can't be that bad two straight weeks that bad two straight weeks in a row it just can't 
They're going to bounce back. They're going to have a good game. They're going to right the ship a little bit. They're going to be competitive. This isn't going to be a we're going to lay down and die for the rest of the season, not for six games, not with this team, not with Mike Tomlin as coach. That's what I think. And so I'm always waiting for the bounce back game. I'm always predicting that to happen, and that's where I get into trouble. Maybe it's just because I'm extremely optimistic. I don't know. I guess you'll just have to find out by listening to all of our shows and my predictions every single week. All right, MDibs24 is getting his money's worth this week with a third question. He says, if you could have Big Press punt any commentator in the NADS, who would it be and why is it Lewis Riddick? Now, Lewis Riddick is bad. He is really bad. And honestly... I don't listen to Lewis Riddick unless the Steelers are on Monday Night Football. Why? Because I'm not watching Monday Night Football if it's on and the Steelers aren't on. So last night, I'm sorry, Monday night, the Seahawks went to Washington to play the football team. I didn't watch that game. The only way I'm watching Monday Night Football if the Steelers aren't on is if the Mannings are on because it's at least humorous. It's at least funny. So I don't listen to Lewis Riddick. Tony Romo is annoying, uh, but I I can tolerate him knowing that I don't have to hear him every week. Um, I, I do. Solomon Wilcox was always the worst uh, for me. I couldn't stand. He never pronounced anyone's name correctly. Uh, Trent Green always seems to hate the Steelers. I'm not sure what it is about that guy. Did the Steelers like hurt him emotionally at some point? I don't know. But the worst, the worst, he doesn't even do a commentating anymore, but the worst commentator ever that I would love Big Press to punch straight in the gonads would be Phil Simms. I hated Phil Simms. Chris Collinsworth, I'd listen to him every day of the week over Phil Simms. Could not stand Phil Simms, and so that's who I pick. Even though he's not a commentator anymore, line him up. Go ahead, Big Press, do your thing. That's my answer. Good question, by the way. Daily Joint Coast says, hey, Jeff. Don't didn't miss it this week because he's been late. He's been late getting his questions in. He said, I have a more difficult question for you concerning culture. If you were in Tomlin's shoes, how do you connect with this younger, incredibly soft generation? Feels like all talk and flash, but not much substance there so far. So this is tough. This is not an easy task. And Mike Tomlin has said over and over again, if you listen to his interviews if you listen to his press conferences, that he is, the fact that he's a father to, I believe, two kids that are in college now has helped him a lot in this area. He understands the way that they think. He understands the way that they feel. And he's able to kind of connect better. I'm not saying that it's perfect, but he's able to connect better with that generation because of that. How... As someone that's around the youth of our country, <laughs> I guess you want to call that in my area, um, on a daily basis, the this generation is different. They are very different. Uh, people always want to talk about, like, they want to give them these labels, Generation Z, Generation Y, I don't know. Um, this is what I call the social media generation. And it's not that Facebook is new now. It's different than that. This is immediate. Kids today don't do Facebook, okay? If you haven't figured that out yet. Kids today, they're they're TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, especially the stories. Um, They want things now. And they don't want to wait and they don't want to work for it. And so that's just the way that it is right now. And that's difficult. That is difficult in a sport, in a profession that requires work ethic. It requires dedication. And it requires discipline. And so it's going to be up to an adult 
maybe it's Mike Tomlin, you would hope that that, that player whoever that was, wouldn't have to get that in the NFL level. You would hope that they got that maybe in high school and then in college, and that's what propelled them to the NFL. When they get to the NFL, Tomlin's job should be, should be to help them hone their skills and to really help them become a productive professional and a productive member of society as an adult. It's not easy. It is not easy, and if you are not around the youth, of today, you don't really understand. And it's it's tough. It's a challenge. It is a challenge. Good question, though. Phil D says, I will be at the game on Sunday. Jeff, great job as always. Six games left. What will the Steelers' record be in those six? Versus the Ravens at the Vikings, versus the Titans at the Chiefs, versus the Stains, and then at the Ravens. He said, I have them at one and five. Hmm. Let's hear. I think that they're going to win one of the games against Baltimore. I think they're going to beat the Vikings. And I think they might. I'm going to say straight up three and three. I'll say three and three. I'm not sure what those three are, but I think three and three. There you have it. And that would be very fitting, wouldn't it? It would be fitting that an eight, eight and one would be their finishing record. Help me now. All right, good question, though. Hope you enjoy the game, Phil. Hope they perform well for you. If you're there, you want, them to, you want to see a W. Lori asks, I love this team and always will. But right now, I have no expectations whatsoever. So, in your opinion, is there anything they can do to salvage this season. I think that one thing the fans need to remember is that unless you're talking about someone that is a, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, the end of his career, and this might be his last go-around, every single one of these players should be working on their skills, regardless of the season, regardless of postseason play. They should be working every single day to get better. Because what you don't build for today, you can be building for the next day, the next season, and your entire career. And so we talked about what Mike Tomlin has to provide. Mike Tomlin's the one that has to give them that perspective. And that is, okay, so you're Kendrick Green. you got to be working your tail off. And if the Steelers become mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, then it doesn't stop. You don't pull the plug. you got to dig deeper. you got to work harder. you got to constantly strive to be better. Because it's going to help. It's going to pay dividends next year. So fans need to keep in mind that these players are going to be a constant work in progress. And so we got to stay in. We got to stay tuned. We got to see who's getting better, who's getting worse, who might be the end of their time in Pittsburgh, and who might be ready for uh, maybe a new contract or something like that. There's plenty to keep an eye on. But a good question, Lori. KC asks. What will it take for them to let Ben run this offense? I felt like we saw a flicker of it at the end of the San, of the San Diego game. Well, Casey, it's actually L.A., but that's okay. I get it. The Chargers game, that was in week 11. It was a game where you did see some life, some signs of life from the offense. And I think that they don't want to let Ben run the offense, so to speak, based on the fact that they feel like if he were to do that, it might get himself killed. This offensive line is not protecting well. If you watch these throws – we have a tremendous film room coming out on Wednesday uh, at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. 9 a.m. Eastern time is when it's publishing. Check it out by our own KT Smith. And he talks about how the offensive line is just not being able to do the job in pass protection. So much so that even when Ben does have the time, he's still not realizing that he does, and he's getting himself into trouble trying to rush. If, if they let Ben run it when they like they used to, we're talking the end of the Haley era, the Feetner era for sure. The offensive line was protecting, and Ben knew he had time, and he knew he was able to read the field, and that's not the case. And so if they can do that, Casey, I, I think they would let him do that, but I, I don't think they can. 
Good question. LFG Wolfpack. He says the, and I know what that stands for, by the way. I'm not an idiot. Uh, he, he says the Steelers' 2021 plan was never to compete, and the plan becomes clear by the day. Thoughts? Um, I disagree. I disagree based on the fact that if they weren't trying to compete this year, why would they put all those void years into contracts like Melvin Ingram, Trey Turner, Juju Smith-Schuster, Eric Ebron, Ben Roethlisberger? I don't think so. I, I think that when Ben Roethlisberger, and this is a, a good article that Mike Michael Beck wrote, and he, uh, it's, that ran at 3 o'clock on Tuesday, and it's also a podcast he did on uh, the live mic Tuesday. If you didn't listen to it, check it out, where he outlines that the Steelers, when they had Ben coming back, that they decided we're going to try to win a championship. And they tried, and they clearly doesn't. It looks like they're failing, but still, I don't believe that they are not. The plan was to not compete. Haskins QB two says, "Hey Jeff, would you like to see Buddy Johnson over Devin Bush?" And also another question, cheater. If you don't mind with Devin Bush struggling, do we the Steelers look to trade him or help him fight his demons? Thanks and always, Ryder Dyker. Thank you for the questions. So I would like to see Buddy Johnson, but I don't want to see Buddy Johnson over. Devin Bush. I'd love to see Buddy Johnson next to Devin Bush or, you know, next to Joe Schobert on occasion or something like that. And it's definitely a situation where I look at Buddy Johnson and say, this is a kid who get, get him out there and see what he can do. You know, Robert Spillane's got a knee sprain. He's probably going to miss this game. I would imagine that you would see uh, Buddy Johnson get a helmet. Now let's see what he can do. Can it be worse? I don't think so. And in terms of Devin Bush, I wouldn't talk about trading him. No one's going to want him. Uh, you got to help him fight his demons. You got to help him get back. You have to hope. You have to keep your fingers crossed that the injury is what's holding him back. All right. RAB, Rab, Rob, Rab, whatever says, I know you're a Ben's jersey guy. I am. But what other jersey would you use this season? Cam's, TJ's, Najee's, go jersey looks like Brian Anthony Davis. This <laughs> is funny. Hashtag ride or die crew. So for me, um, I don't own any other jerseys other than a Ben Roethlisberger jersey. However, if I was going to get a jersey, uh, you know, this is tough because when you buy a jersey, you want to make sure that someone's going to stick around. So I, my answer is I, I, I definitely give some pause. And that would be, I, I love Najee Harris. I love his attitude. I love the way he plays. He seems like he cares. That's rare sometimes to see a player that, you know, gets the NFL, has had the success that he's had, and actually feels like they care. But you also are concerned about the running back position and the longevity. So I don't know. But get a TJ Watchers. You'll be fine. <laughs> Gene Oshie says, Tomlin said there will be some changes what are the changes you see that are actually going to happen, and do you feel it will be enough to save the season? Hashtag Ride or Die Crew. Like I mentioned earlier, Gene, I don't think this is a situation where you're going to see drastic changes. Maybe minor ones here or there. A player like Carlos Davis coming back. Maybe Zach Banner being pushed into right tackle. Nothing drastic. Will it be enough to save the season? Probably not, if I'm being honest. Steel Tampa says, Ride or Die Crew, hashtag Ride or Die Crew. Thank you for using that. Said, Hey, Jeff, love the show. I have a couple of questions for you. First, do you think the Steelers will bounce back against the Ravens this week? And second, I'll be going up to Pittsburgh on Friday to see my first Steelers home game. Do you have any recommendations? Okay. Do I think they'll bounce back against the Ravens? I actually think they will. Tune in on Friday for my prediction. And then, secondly, when you go to Pittsburgh, if it's your first time being in the, in the city, then you got to do a certain things because you just got to do them. All right. It used to be, I didn't know this. 
It used to be Go to Grill 36, which is Jerome Bettis's place, but I heard that closed down, uh, obviously, when everything got locked down, and it never opened back up. I could be wrong, but if it did, that's a shame. It was a great place. It was great food. Um, if not, got to go to the original strip. Di- you got to go to the strip district, find the original Permani Brothers, go in there, get yourself a sandwich, and get yourself a picture taken with this cool artwork on the wall. Go up to Mount Washington, take the uh, Duquesne Incline, Get up on a get up air on the get up air and watch that. Look at the <laughs> go up to the Mount Washington and get some really great views of the city. And you can see Heinz Field. Dave Schofield, who's a season ticket holder, will say this: Go early and take your time walking around the stadium. Go to the Great Hall. Go into the fan shop and buy some gear. Get there early. You don't want to miss it. I hope you enjoy the game. It's 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 unforgettable whether they win or lose. I'll tell you that right now. Steel Joker says, do you blame Ben or the O-line for that horrible game? Um, It's both. It is both. If I'm being completely honest, it's both. Uh, one begets the other. Cheeses for the Mises. Uh, okay, he said, do you feel like a do you feel a lack of communication and camaraderie between Ben and his younger wide receivers no line I remember seeing him on the sidelines hyping up the wide receivers or the o-line now when you see him on the sidelines he's by himself or the coach and not any of the guys hashtag ride or die crew then he said maybe they're just not showing it on TV but something just feels different I do think that there is a the the, the age gap is is very clear. I mean, it's obvious and it's definitely something to consider. So for me, I think about my personal experience, even in something as medial as the way that I met Dave Schofield church softball. So I played, I started playing church softball in 2004 and this last year was probably my last year. Cause I don't think we're gonna have a team next season, but throughout the years I was the young guy. And then at the end, I became one of the older guys on the team. And there was a disconnect between the younger players. They talked about different things. They were always on their phones in between innings and stuff. And I and my, me and my buddy, Steve, would find ourselves looking at these guys and being like, what the heck is, what are they doing? Why, what, are they, what, what is this? And I'm sure that Ben feels some of that. I'm sure he does. You think Ben Roethlisberger understood like the TikTok dances and all this stuff? No. No, he, he was the older generation. He was the Heinz Ward generation, the Troy Palomalu, the Joey Porter, the Jerome Bettis, all that stuff. I know they only the bus and, and Ben only overlapped two years, but still, that was his generation. It's different now. There's probably a lot of, about this team and the players in terms of off-the-field stuff that he doesn't like. He's never had social media that he runs. He has someone else run it for him. So... Yeah, I don't. There's probably not a lot for him to say. I mean, he's going to say his piece. He's going to go up and talk to his receivers and say, you know, well, what are you seeing? A lot of it's the cameras. Don't buy too much into that. But I do think there's a disconnect, and I think that's natural. You probably don't see Tom Brady doing some of the stuff, although he does. He's a little bit more active in some areas, but still, that's what I think. All right, last question. Jeff asks, great name by the way. When slash if the Steelers are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, do they keep Bennett quarterback? If not, then do we see Haskins or Rudolph? Well, this is one doozy of a question to finish with, isn't it? Uh, my gosh. So if they become mathematically eliminated, man, if this is Ben's last go, you cannot take him out. You just can't. And it's going to sound, there's going to be fans that say, Jeff, you're crazy. Jeff, no, you you got to look for the future. I understand that, but you also can't do the, your franchise quarterback, future Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer dirty. You can't do that either. 
And so that's, I feel like, what would happen if the Steelers just said, ah, Ben, ye stink. Get out there, Mason. Um, so it'll be tough. I, I, I don't think they... I don't think they do that to him. I really don't. I think they let him go down swinging. You know, it's it it sounds horrible, but it kind of reminds me of the scene in Rocky uh, Four when Apollo Creed's fighting the Russian, and Rocky Balboa is there and he's holding the towel, and his trainer is yelling as Apollo's getting pummeled. Throw the damn towel! Throw the damn towel! And Rocky is just he can't because Apollo told him don't throw the towel. That's like the Steelers. Like they, they know they need to throw the towel. But Ben told him, like, you can't throw the towel. Don't throw the towel. Can't throw the towel. Rocky didn't throw the towel. The Steelers won't throw the towel either. That's a tough question to finish on. <laughs> My gosh. I don't want to think about that right now, people. You're killing me. Killing me, Smalls. All right, good questions. Good show. Went a little over. I hope you don't care. I don't care. I enjoy this. Thank you for being a part of my Ride or Die crew. If you're listening to this podcast and you want to be a part of the mailbag, check me out on Twitter every Tuesday. That's at jhartman, H-E-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. Give me a follow. I'll put out the tweet. You answer. You go below that tweet and you reply. I'll answer the question on the podcast. All right, that does it for me. I'll be back on Friday. We'll talk in NFL game picks, blue check back, you name it. Make sure you check it out. All right, folks, as we always finish it out here, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go see you. We'll see you, folks. My candles burning bright.